Welcome to the Small Baller Podcast. My name is Trevor Reddick, and as always, I'm joined by a man who loves a movie about a tire. His name is Brandon Siegel. <laughs> yeah, uh, all right, so what you're referencing is the uh, the movie Rubber, which, if anyone's listening, that's the worst movie of all time. In no way do I love that movie, because it's terrible. But it is pretty funny how bad it is. Um, so if you're ever in the mood for just an awful, awful, awful movie, go and watch Rubber. Uh, it's terrible, but I, I wouldn't recommend it to anyone. Um, of course, uh, another man who also loves Rubber is, of course, our third uh, podcast I guess attendee at this point, you're barely a contributor at this point, uh, is Ben O'Brien. Ben, how are you doing? I mean, I was doing well until you had that intro for me. I don't know how I feel <laughs> about that intro. I mean, I feel like I'm, I'm not here every week, but I feel like I'm here most weeks. So I feel like yeah, you're here most weeks. You're, I feel like I have, I feel like I've earned the, the title of contributor at the very least. I mean, it's the least I could do for you, Brandon. So <laughs> I mean, it is what it is. I, I guess I'm ha- I was happy to be here, but now it's like whatever. But I, I'm, um, I'm more excited for this guest that we have that I'll let you introduce, Brandon. Yes, of course. I, I'm just pointing to Lake Ben. You're a fabulous uh, contributor on this podcast. But of course, we do have a guest today, a very special guest, um, who is co-host of the Soul Focus podcast with me. It is my very good friend, Aaron Weaver. Aaron, how are you doing today? I'm doing really well, trying to hold in my laugh <laughs> as we talk about rubber. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited. I want to. I want to hear your opinions after you watch the movie because I know you just said you might watch it. It's it's bad. Don't, but it's, don't yeah. Don't count on funny. me watching it. Don't count on me watching it. But <laughs> yeah, honestly, I wouldn't blame you at all. Um, but we do have a fun episode planned for today. We're definitely gonna get into a little bit of Browns talk. So if you're a Cleveland Browns fan, your representative is on the podcast. We have uh, two and a half Brown, uh, really just two Browns haters and Trevor, who's in the middle or whatever. Um, so we have a true Browns fan, so there'll be some Browns, there'll be less Browns slander than normal on this podcast today. Um, but let's get into small talk. Uh, let's start with Kansas and Baylor. Um, two very, very good teams, number two overall, Baylor. And this was uh, on Monday, the 18th, um, versus Kansas, who is 10-4, and and they're number nine in the nation. Baylor is undefeated at 13-0. Baylor took the game by 8 points, 77-69. Um, but Trevor, what were some of your takeaways from this game? Yeah, so... I mean, again, like, Baylor it just, again, is showing why they should be in this top tier with Gonzaga. And again and again, they're proving that. Uh, they beat Kansas on Monday night, 77-69. to uh, Baylor now is 13-0 after beating Oklahoma State yesterday. Um, and Kansas is now 10-4. and And Kansas has now lost three games in a row. They just lost to Oklahoma. Um, so Kansas is on a little bit of a, a losing streak here. It's not, it's not great, but... Um, or actually, now they're 10-5. What am I talking about? Because they lost yesterday, so now they are 10-5. Um, and, yeah, Kansas <laughs> on a little bit of a losing streak. Um, but as we have been become accustomed to with Kansas, even when they get on a losing streak, maybe like a – which for them, it's only like two or three games. It usually doesn't go much beyond that. Um, they kind of recover because they are and have been um, the, one of the best teams in the Big 12. And usually they are the best for, I don't know, 10, 15, 20 years. Um, something like that. So I'm sure Kansas will recover from that, but it, I think it is a little telling um, and that Kansas isn't quite as good as they've been in years past. And I think I was already saying that at the beginning of the year. I was like, there's nothing that really stands out about this Kansas team. They don't have like that, uh, the really good front court that they usually have. I mean, Marcus Garrett and Oche Abaji, they're, they're decent players. They're, you know, they're solid players to have on your team, but Neither of them are stars. Neither of them are going to be in the conversation for play of the year, like a you know a Devon Dotson or a Frank mm-hmm. Mason, like those types of players. Um, so it's tough when you have that, and also um, you know 
you know, you have David McCormick, who is now their big, um, you know, in past years, they've always had like a solid big, like a Joel Embiid, um, or, you know, Yudoka Azabuki. So it's just not as, you know, solid of a team that you're normally accustomed to as Kansas, but I still expect them to be at least in the hunt. But Baylor now is the powerhouse team in this conference. Um, yes, you do have Texas, who is also very good there. Um, but yeah, it's going to be interesting to see as we go forward with Baylor, if they continue, you know, this winning streak, they're still unbeaten along with Gonzaga. So for both those teams, now I think Gonzaga is like 14 though. It's going to be interesting to see if they will lose or when they will lose if they do. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, at the end of the day, I think that's about what I have to say. It's just like Baylor has clearly solidified themselves now as they are definitely the best team. And it is, uh, you know, just further evidence after this game. Ben, did, did you have any thoughts about this game? What, what did you think about some of the stuff you saw? Yeah, I mean, I agree with you, Trevor. Like, Baylor is basically just solidifying themselves as a member of that top tier with Gonzaga. I, I mean, I think it's Gonzaga, I think it's Baylor, Baylor, and then I think there's a pretty decent drop-off um, to the next team. And Ken Palm, the next team at number three is Michigan, but they're not playing for a couple weeks, it looks like. Iowa just took a home loss uh, to Indiana. So I do think that you have Gonzaga, you have Baylor, um, and there's a big drop-off. I will say Baylor does have... I mean, they're in the Big 12, so obviously they have some really tough games coming up. They have Texas coming up. They have Texas Tech coming up. They have West Virginia coming up all in the next two and a half, three weeks. So I do think, while I do think Baylor, obviously they'll be the favorite in all those games, and honestly I wouldn't be surprised if they won all those games. They really are going to have to prove themselves coming down the stretch here in the Big 12 because the Big 12 is no joke. It's probably the second best mm -hmm. league in college basketball. So um, if, if they really are as good as they seem to be at the moment, they're going to have to prove it because they got some tough tasks uh, coming up here in the near future. Yeah, 100%. It, it, it's looking very interesting in the Big 12 and honestly, Cod Rascal as a whole because we have those top you know, two teams there. Aaron, as our guest, we got to throw it over to you just for a little bit at the very least. Do you have any thoughts on Kansas versus Baylor or just Baylor as a whole being one of the top teams? No, I just think <clears throat> it's uh, interesting how, uh, you know, how good they are. Um, but I, I, like I said, uh, I personally don't watch a ton of college basketball. So, I mean, I'll leave it. Mm -hmm. I'll leave it to you guys. But uh, definitely pretty interesting stuff. Leave it to CBB expert Trevor Reddick. But, you know, Aaron, let's let's get into something that, you know, we all watch, we all follow, a little bit of football. Uh, we got some big, you know, trade news and uh, stuff like that uh, this week for quarterbacks. The first one I want to start off with Matt Stafford. And, Aaron, I'm going to go with to you first. There's a lot of places uh, that need quarterbacks that might want them. Where do you think would be the best place for Matt Stafford to end up? Because according to the Lions and him, they want to mutually part ways. So where do you think would be the best spot for him? So I'm going to go a little more just like where I would like to see him and not so much financially okay. oriented. Yeah, that's fine. Um, so my three teams I would like to see him on are the Patriots, the Saints, and the 49ers. Uh, okay. I think more so more so than the Patriots, I think the Saints, after I think Breeze is going to retire, I think. And if they got Stafford, I think, you know, that would keep him in contention, uh, you know, for the, for the foreseeable future because he's only four, 32. So he probably has like six – to eight years left of his career, um, looking at how long some of these other quarterbacks have gone. And then the 49ers, Jimmy G is not really all that. And if they got a solid quarterback there, you know, they could be a lot better um, than where they're at. So those are my three. So there's one place that would be the absolute best for him to go, and that would be the Indianapolis Colts. 
We talked a little bit before the podcast. The Colts are a really, really good team that have had a lot of salary cap over the past couple years and signed really great players, but have never been able to get a quarterback after Luck decided, you know, that was that was it for him. So with Rivers recently announcing that he's retiring, if Stafford goes to the Colts, I strongly believe the Colts will be a good contender. And I think Stafford's a good quarter, really, really good quarterback who's just gone bad beats. His teams have been bad. He's had a ton of bad coaches behind him. I mean, Patricia was a disaster. Um, and, you know, he's never really had a good running back behind him, so they haven't been able to establish the run ever. He's had some good receivers. Galladay's not bad. Marvin Jones Jr. I don't remember if he if he had uh, uh, Calvin Johnson at the end of his career. I can't remember. I think he did for at least a little bit. Is, is that right, guys? Yeah. I think he did. Yeah, yeah he yeah. got him for like two or three years, I think. Yeah. So I, I think uh, being with the Colts in an offense that's very – or in a with a team that's very offense-focused, uh, a lot of good weapons on him, he would really, really succeed towards the end of his career. Trevor, any spots you think he should go specifically? Yeah, I think the Colts is a good one. I mean, obviously, Matthew Stafford at this stage in his career, he wants to win a Super Bowl, obviously. That's that's what the right. case is for any of these quarterbacks who haven't. That's also the case for Deshaun Watson, even though Deshaun Watson is obviously younger and has more time. But, you know, Stafford, 32, he's starting to get up there. He wants to win a Super Bowl. He's had, you know, some bad playoff exits, you know, you know historically Detroit's They've been either like a wild card exit or maybe they win one game and then they usually lose in the divisional round. And that's kind of their history and Matthew Stafford's history in the playoffs. But he wants to get to a contender. Um, I think some teams where that would be ideal. I think the Colts is a great one um, if, you know, the cap situation works out. Miami, another one. If, obviously, you know, we talked about the cap situation may not work out with Miami, but I think those are both two solid options there. Um, Besides that, I mean, personally, I would like to have him on the Patriots. I'm not sure exactly how we could get him. I don't think it's really likely that we could, um, given we don't really have any assets to give Detroit. Um, and then you have, like, San Francisco, I guess, is not a bad one. I mean, they are they also have, like, a decent supporting cast, so you can maybe argue that they could be a decent option, maybe could be a contender. And then Chicago, I think, is another one. However, you know, these divisional moves don't happen too often, so that one's a little less likely. So I think Indy, Miami, those are probably the two top ones for me as far as, you know, if, you know, to win a Super Bowl for him, I would say. Yeah. Ben, any any spot you'd like to see him at before we go into the Deshaun Watson talk? Yeah, no, I, I think Indy's, Indy's the best option for him. I mean, they got over $60 million, uh, in cap space. They can obviously build people around him. They obviously already have a good team. I mean, they played the playoffs. They have weapons around him. They have draft picks moving forward. Um, I just I just feel like Indianapolis is probably the best fit for him at the moment. Um, again, I, I, I don't love Matthew Stafford. I acknowledge that he's not bad, but I, I don't think he's amazing. But I, I considering what Phillip Rivers was able to do with, with – an old Philip Rivers, like to point out, was able to do with Indianapolis this year. I think Matthew Stafford could 100% go into Indy and be, uh, be extremely successful in his first year. 100%. I, I definitely could see that happening. Um, so let's go to Deshaun Watson. We, we all know by now Deshaun Watson wants out of Houston. Uh, there was just a report that I just saw that no matter who the new head coach is, he's still going to want out. Um, so here's what I think, and I'm, I'm going to turn it over to you, Aaron, uh, as our guest right after this. But I 100% think he should go to the New York Jets for many reasons. Number one, I think the Jets have the picks, have the cap space. I mean, they have cap space out the butt. They have so much cap space. They have good picks where they could build around him. And if you sell to him that we're going to build 100% around you, which why wouldn't you? It's Deshaun Watson. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. I would build around him, especially with his current contract that he has. It's only $39 million for someone of his caliber who's probably getting paid 5 to $6 million more than that. 
Um, you completely rebuild that offense all around him. Use all your draft picks for offensive linemen, weapons for him, running backs, um, anything that you can get to build around him. With all that cash space, they sign to big players. Maybe bring in Allen Robinson, sign a nice right tackle to go along with Becton. It could be such a successful spot for him. And then additionally, I think it's good for him. All of his marketing deals would be insane, just insanely huge in New York. It's a much bigger market than Houston. So I think this would benefit both parties. And honestly, Houston too, they could get Darnold back in the trade um, and try to build around him when Watson wanted out. So Aaron, I'm going to go to you. I, I, I told you a while ago that I thought the Jets were the uh, best spot for him. Do you agree with me or do you not? So financially, yes. Um, but I think there's some other, t- I, th- I think it's more broad than that. I think Deshaun Watson is on the, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't put him on the same level as Mahomes, but he's certainly like one of the top, like yeah. top five, maybe top three best quarterbacks in the NFL right now. So I more so look at it from what teams shouldn't be calling because I think, um, I think Dan Orlovsky says something like this, uh, a few weeks ago or, or like last week that, he said, like, Kansas City, Seattle, Tampa Bay, Buffalo, the Chargers, and Green Bay shouldn't they – sh- they shouldn't look to get Deshaun Watson, but everybody else in the league should try and get Deshaun Watson because that's how good he is. Um, and, I mean, I tend to agree. Obviously, there's some teams there that probably don't need him uh, because they have a quarterback, um, mainly, like, the Ravens and the Browns that just come to mind, I guess. But I think everybody else should definitely make the call to try and get Deshaun Watson. Yeah, 100%. Ben, I'm going to hop over to you. Uh, any team you specifically would like to see go for Deshaun Watson? Yeah, so, Brandon, before the podcast, when you told us that you think the Jets is the best option, I thought you were crazy because his whole – I mean, obviously he doesn't like what's going on in in Texas. He doesn't like Houston because he thinks that their their organization is mismanaging his talent and this team. So I feel like going to the Jets wouldn't make any sense because they've obviously proven that they have no idea what they're doing with that organization. But apparently I'm reading, as I'm reading an article from CBS Sports, it sounds like Deshaun Watson went out and said that his preferred destination would be the New York Jets. So I'll go back on my word, Brandon. I, uh, I will agree with you, and it sounds like Deshaun Watson will also agree with you. New York Jets, and there's, all, there's a, a bunch of reasons they gave as to why um, New York would be a, a desirable destination for, for uh, Deshaun Watson. Obviously they have a new coach, um, a new coach that has proven to have great relationships with players. Obviously Deshaun mm-hmm. Watson likes him because – uh, he encouraged the Texans to, to reach out and at least let Roberts Sala or however you pronounce his name interview for the Texans job. So clearly uh, he wants to play for that coach. He wants to play for the New York Jets. Um, again, he's a great talent. I mean, plenty of teams would love to have him. Pretty much like Aaron said, any team would love to have him. He's, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Mm-hmm. Wherever he goes, he's going to fit right in because he's such a versatile player. I really do think he could play in kind of any offense um, that need that that team needs so I'm really not worried about it I think he'll be fine wherever he goes I will think I do think it'd be awesome to go watch him play in the AFC East though with with Tua and with Josh Allen um and I guess with Cam Newton for the time being I think it'd be interesting I think it'd probably be at least for me as a viewer probably the best division I'd want to go see him play in especially yeah um you know get get as far away from the AFC North as uh as as he can because as a Bengals fan I got plenty to worry about with other quarterbacks in the AFC North so as long as you don't feel like the Steelers or anything I'm cool with it but yeah and you think the Jets is a good idea for him, Brandon? It sounds like he does too, so I can't argue with that. Yeah. Ben, any final – or excuse me, Trevor, any final thoughts on uh, Deshaun Watson before we exit small talk for Yeah, you? I'll go quick. I mean, it's – a lot of the teams that I think would be good for Stafford, it's going to be pretty similar. Like teams that, you know, obviously he wants to win Super Bowl, so it's going to be pretty similar. And I forgot to mention the Saints. Obviously, the Saints would be a fantastic option for Stafford and for Watson because – 
they'd have a great chance to win. I mean, with Breeze, even though Breeze has had some injuries to end the year, they were still one of the best four teams, probably, or best five teams, whatever you want to say. Um, so, yeah, that's obviously another good team. But for Watson, I mean, Watson this year with a with a very uh, a Texas team that has a horrible defense, he still managed to, and obviously losing, you know, one of the best receivers in the NFL. He had 33 touchdowns, seven interceptions. Deshaun Watson, in my opinion, is a top five quarterback in the NFL. So I would, although I wouldn't love to see him in Miami because that's the same division as the Patriots, um, it would give him a great opportunity to win a Super Bowl. I think Indy, obviously, is another one. I don't, it's hard for me to buy into the Jets as much. And I, I do know that, like we saw at the end of the year a little bit, it's like, okay, the Jets may have a little bit more talent than we thought. We saw them after they beat the Browns and they had a couple other strong performances where it's like, all right, the Jets do have some talent. They're maybe not as bad as like a typical, uh, you know, whatever, 2-14 two, two and 14 team or however many games they won. I don't remember. But maybe they were actually more like a team who should have won like four or five games. Um, so maybe it's not as bad as you would think on the surface, but I still, it's hard for me to see um, them winning a Super Bowl compared to a team like Miami or Indy. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I wish yeah. Deshaun Watson the best. I would like to see him on a contender because uh, I would like to see all of the best quarterbacks, you know, go far in the playoffs basically and compete against each other. Yeah, I think the big appeal of New York would simply be the cap space and the picks. I mean, think about it. They traded Jamal Adams, got a ton of first-round picks and second-round picks out of that, um, plus their own pick. I think they have at least two, potentially three first-round picks this year. Um, and it, it's it going to be a rebuild fully around him compared to a team that's more ready to win, but it might not be completely right for him. You know, you're going to have to get some receivers similar to Will Fuller's speed, Deshaun Watson's hands and size um, to really, really succeed around him like they did the one year where, you know, they did really, really well. But let's move over to randomly ranked. Today we have an interesting one. Um, who came up with this? Was it you, Aaron? Did you come up with this? Yeah, I did. So look at this. We got the guest contributing um, to a to a segment here, which we love to see. Um, and it is our favorite, or I guess, best movie sequels ever made. Um, so Aaron, as the guest, would you like to go first, last, second, third? It's completely up to you. Um, I don't care. I mean, I go first. All right, let's hear it. What are your top three favorite movie sequels? So I'm gonna throw in a couple of honorable mentions before All right. I All right. like that. Uh, before I start. I'm gonna throw in Shrek two, Spider Man okay. two, the uh, with Tobey Maguire, and then yeah. Captain America the Winter Soldier. Um I just think all those movies are great. Um, but they're not as good as uh the ones I have in my top three. Okay. So my third one might be a little bit of a shock, but it's it's gonna be Beverly Hills Cop two. And Oh my if none of you guys have seen Beverly Hills Cop, that's a must-see movie. Eddie Murphy's hilarious, and it's just a great all-around movie. Um, both are. Um, but going to number two, I have Star Wars Episode Five: Empire Strikes Back. That one is pretty much just self-explanatory. Uh, easily, well, I think most people would probably agree that it's the best Star Wars movie ever made. Um, it's just a great movie all around and the number one is going to be dark knight uh the second batman movie with um heath ledger as joker um i think honestly i think that may be one of the best villain performances in oh in it movie, is in movie history um well that's debatable i think darth vader might be number one but 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 still i think it's it's uh 
just a great acting movie all around. It won a lot of awards, I think, and amazing movie. So that's my three. 100%. So I'm going to go with my three here. Number three, I actually am going with Shrek 2. I want to give a big shout out to uh, Ben and myself, our buddy Mason, who showed us Shrek, not for the first time, but our freshman year of college, he was begging us to watch Shrek. He said, it's so amazing. We got to rewatch it. And we've all seen Shrek. But he gave us this this different insight on the movie, and now I forever look at Shrek differently, and I love it. Shrek 2 is going to be my number three. Number two, I'm going to go with Guardians of the Galaxy 2. I love Guardians of the Galaxy, the first one. It's my favorite movie of all time, and I like the second one. It wasn't quite as good as the first one, but I think it's a really, really good number two. And number one, it's not even close, The Dark Knight. The Dark Knight's one of the best movies of all time. Heath Ledger is phenomenal in the movie. I, I would say he is the best villain character ever played. I mean, he was so great to that character, and the Joker is not an easy character to play. We've seen more recent Jokers all not do well. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix did a really good job, um, but besides him, I mean, I don't think Jared Leto was that great of a Joker. Um, so, you know, we've seen much worse uh, roles of that, and Heath Ledger obviously just hit it out of the park. Um, so the Dark Knight is a clear number one for me. Trevor, what are your top three favorite sequels? I'm excited to hear whatever stupid take you got to say. <laughs> All right, so yeah, just a couple quick honorable mentions. Um, Too Fast, Too Furious. Obviously, we know how much I love the franchise of Fast and Furious, so just wanted to shout it out. It's not my top three, though. Uh, Dark Knight, fantastic movie. Not my top three. Um, I need to watch it again. It's been a mm, while. That's a but crime. It's, it's a fantastic a movie. <laughs> Number three, I'm going to start it off with Shrek 2. I mean, Shrek to me is pretty easily the best DreamWorks uh, movie, or I guess the franchise. Um, of, of any DreamWorks movies that, that are made. So Shrek 2 is, is awesome, um, and I'll start off with that one. So number two, I, I don't, and you guys are obviously very into Marvel movies. You guys love all of the, you know, MCU uh, movies that have come out in, you know, the past 10, 15, 20 years or so. But I am going with uh, Spider-Man 2, which I know you guys like some of the newer movies more, but for me, it's all about the OG. So Spider-Man 2, it's fantastic. Tobey Maguire, to me, is definitely the best Spider-Man. Um, granted, I have to watch mm. some of the newer movies, I know, but Spider-Man 2 is fantastic. And number one, I have to go with Rocky 2. Now, in my opinion, Rocky 2 is actually the best of all of the Rocky movies. Um, it's the one, well, actually, I won't spoil anything um, because you guys, some of you guys haven't seen it. Um, that I'm on the podcast with right now. But Rocky Two is amazing. I think it's personally a little bit better than the original. It's very close, but I love Rocky Two, so that's my number one. Very, very nice. Ben, to wrap us up, what are your top three favorites? All right, I'll go quick because, as I mean, Brandon, you like to call me boring. I guess I'm boring because all mine have already been said. So I'll go quick. I don't need to repeat what you guys have said. Number three, Dark Knight. Uh, for everything you said, Aaron, I agree with you. Heath Ledger, um, masterful performance, one of the best performances really in, in, in cinema history, not even just as a villain, but, I mean, amazing performance, legendary. Number two, Shrek 2. I had to go Shrek 2. Um, it's funny because a lot of people might be listening to this thinking, Shrek 2, what do you mean? But I actually just looked it up. According to Screen Rant, and this is from, I think, a year ago, Shrek 2 is the most successful DreamWorks movie of all time. Oh. Made the and most he money. got stats and randomly it ranked. You, made, you're backing it up. It, I, I, I like to back up my answers. I like to justify why I'm thinking the way I do. So Shrek 2, obviously, we're not the ones thinking it. It clearly is a great movie. Um, that's my number two. My number one, Aaron had it, Empire Strikes Back. I, I think it's it's obviously it's widely regarded as the best Star Wars movie. Um, it made over $550 million in 1980, which adjusted for inflation today is over $1.7 billion. So Ooh. obviously it's extremely successful. 
Um, I had to put it at number one just because, I mean, I think if you look at a lot of lists of greatest movies of all time, I don't think you'll find a lot of lists that won't have this in at least the top ten. So I, I had to put Empire Strikes Back as, as my number one. Very, very nice. All right, awesome. That was randomly ranked. If any of you guys listening have any ideas for randomly ranked, please send them in. Tweet us at the small ball. The link is in the description. Uh, these ideas are very hard to come up with, so anything you guys want to input would be awesome. Um, let's get into more of our main topics. We're going to start off in the NBA today. Uh, obviously, we had this huge trade with James Harden. We talked about it last week. Um, he's played a couple games now. He's gotten a little bit into it. Um, so, Aaron, I want to start off with you. Uh, I'm sure you've watched a good amount of NBA this year. What do you think of this new look Nets? So I think it's really interesting. I think this is sort of the honestly, I think it may be one of the most big three, one of the most interesting big threes I've seen because um, it's a you know point guard, shooting guard, and a and a and a forward, but they all can shoot really well, and they're all like ISO players. So originally, I was interested to see how it would work, and I watched the the two Cavs games, which is obviously a small sample size, but I think you can. You're, I'm starting to see that. Um, James Harden is going to play the sort of Chris Bosh sort of role in the offense where he's not, where he takes a step back and Kyrie and KD sort of, um, you know, get theirs and, and score more um, since Harden is more of the point guard than Kyrie. But I'm just, I think it, I think it'll be interesting to see how it works though. I, I, I think this is more than just a this year type of deal. It's more so long-term. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah, it's it's very exciting to see like these all these stars on one team, and it's it's obviously a little bit of a mess considering at least two of those guys need the ball in their hands. Kevin Durant can play more off the ball. Trevor, what what are your thoughts on on uh, you know the new look Nets? Yeah, so I think coming into it, we knew how awesome uh, the offense would be because these are essentially three of the best offensive players we've ever seen. Kevin Durant is probably like one of the best three or four offensive players of all time. Harden, he's up there too. And Kyrie, we, we know what he can do, um, especially in those big moments. Obviously, if we talk, we've talked about nauseam, you know, with the Cavs and the Game 7, the shot in uh, that Game 7 to win it for them. So we, we know how good they are offensively. But the thing is, on defense, and we've already started to see some of the issues, um, you know, besides Kyrie, Durant, and Harden, you know, at center, they have DeAndre Jordan, who now is getting older. He's not the same guy. Clearly, um, you know, is, is kind of in decline. He's their center. And then outside of that, it's like, okay, like you have like Jeff Green. is like, essentially, like Jeff Green's like the backup center, which is insane. Because Jeff Green, also a veteran player on, and we know on, on like past teams, like his role is usually like, either end of the bench or like maybe a seventh, eighth man, but he's like their backup center or KD, I guess in some, you know, instances could even be like a small ball five, which is insane. Um, so they clearly lack some defense. And in that trade for Harden, they put in Jared Allen, one of the best shot blockers in the NBA, a very good defender. Um, I think he, I think he's seven foot. Um, so Jared Allen, a pretty big loss, and I think that's going to become more and more evident. We're going to continue to see it. Um, they just gave up 124 points to the Heat. Did squeeze out a win last night, but 124 points. Um, against the Cavs, they gave up, I think, 125 the second game without Durant. The first game, which went to double overtime, they gave up 147, and they lost to the Cavs in both of them. Now, granted, it's early. I know there's, there's certain things that they're going to improve. Uh, maybe they'll have another move to make, potentially. Um, you know, obviously, like, Dinwiddie has been out. Um, for, for a little while. So maybe they can trade him and maybe get like a good defensive front court. 
uh, player who can, you know, help, you know, with DeAndre Jordan, because clearly I think you need another person in there that, you know, because you, you don't want to be playing DeAndre Jordan like 32, 36 minutes a game, I don't think. Um, so you, you need another player in there that's going to be able to protect the rim, uh, maybe block some shots. Um, so, so they definitely have some big defensive issues, but it's very interesting. It seems like James Harden, again, it, it's kind of like the, oh, like, you know, first time meeting your girlfriend's parents, you're on your best behavior. That That's kind of the analogy. And James Harden has been on his best behavior. He's been distributing the ball a lot. I think in all three of these games, he's had double-digit assists, I believe. Um, you know, he's kind of taken a step back as far as the scoring and really distributing the ball a lot, it looks like. Yeah, he had 11 assists against the Heat. I think he had double digits against the Cavs both games. So it's going to be very interesting to see that. Um, but the reason, I think ultimately, the reason why I still think this Nets team at least has a chance to make the finals here. I, I don't see anyone beating the Lakers, but I think they could definitely make the finals. And the reason is they have Kevin Durant, who is, uh, to me, a top 12 player of all time and has started this year off coming back from what is supposed to be a career-ending injury. And, I mean, don't look now, but he's averaging like 32-7-5 on like 47% from three and over 50% from the field, which is incredible. So that's the main reason why they can get to the finals. Um, will it happen? I don't know. But at the very least, um, They'll be in, I think, at the very least, I think they'll make the Eastern Conference Finals at this stage because we've seen some other issues with some of these other East teams. Uh, the Heat have not had a great start. The Celtics, they have, like, they don't have, like, a solid center you would like. Um, and, and the Bucks are still showing issues, even with this Drew Holiday trade. So I, I, there's no clear team in the East that's the best. The 76ers are very good. They are, and Embiid's been great, but I think the Nets... If I'm going to have to pick a team to go to the finals, it might still be the Nets in the East, honestly. Yeah, I, I think I'd have to agree. Uh, I, I still think I'd, I'd take the Nets out of this out of this uh, league. Uh, or, excuse me, out of this half of the league. Ben, any final thoughts on the Nets before we kind of move on here? Yeah, so, I mean, just to wrap it up quickly, I, a couple weeks ago when, when this trade was made, and, you know, uh, James Harden and, and Kevin Durant played their first game and looked really good, I said they're kind of in like a honeymoon phase. It's not going to last. They're going to hit some rough spots. It seems like they they hit some rough spots. I mean, you lose two games to the Cavs, who I mean, to put it likely put it lightly, are not very good. Um, and even Kyrie called the losses humbling, and they showed them what they have to work on. I mean, I think basically, like I agree with what Trevor said, where you have these three amazing players, and I get that, but unless they're all scoring thirty five points a night, you need you need scoring elsewhere. I mean, ninety points a game just isn't going to cut it in today's NBA. I mean, the average NBA team scores like one hundred and ten points a game now or something. So you still need scoring elsewhere and it doesn't have to be a lot but you need scoring elsewhere and if you look at all these other super teams over the years they all had good supporting cast and like trevor said the nets just really don't have a good supporting cast so i do think that is yeah. that is a concern moving forward um but i mean like you guys said it's it's hard to at the moment hard to pick another team coming out of the east i mean maybe milwaukee like trevor said but um i mean it's just they when you have three players as high caliber as kevin durant kyrie irving and james harden it, you're not you're going to win more games than you lose and i mean they're 10 and 8 on the year so obviously they have a ways to go but i still think they're fine on i wouldn't be too worried if i was a nets fan i, I think that they they're going to find their their footing i think they will be just fine um i wouldn't be too worried as, as if i was a nets fan i think they will make the playoffs and i think i mean that's when it really matters so we'll see what happens from there but again they have issues they need to address but luckily it's only january they still have time before they really need to kick things into gear 
Yeah, hundred percent. So let's let's get move forward a little bit too. We got two players here uh, that have played really really well recently: Colin Sexton, Jalen Brown. Um, so Trev, I'm gonna start off with you. You know how? Why are these guys you know overperforming at this point? Yeah, so I, I just wanted to point out these two in particular. Obviously, there's a lot of takeaways, things I've noticed, but Colin Sexton in particular yeah. has really stood out, and it's good to see because. Um, and, and as you know, really well, both of us have been, and you really kind of, um, brought, I think brought to my attention about Colin Sexton when we were in econ class a few years ago, uh, when he was like having his high school mixtapes and, you know, he's, you know, (laughs) like going at Jalen hands and he's, you know, leaning down and staring at the guy at the free throw line, like all the things that Colin Sexton, um, did in high school that, that showed how great of a competitor he was are just like further uh, I think just really bringing out his true potential and Colin Sexton is really playing at his complete potential like obviously he's a smaller guard he's only like I don't know like 6'2 like 180 pounds so like like just based on like uh overall like gifts wise there's a lot of other players in NBA who are more gifted than Colin Sexton but his work ethic and his just competitiveness. It's sort of similar to like a Jimmy Butler, for example, where they just mm-hmm. completely go to their potential. And you love to root for guys like that. And that's why I'm going to continue to root for Colin Sexton. I mean, he's averaging 27 points to start this year. He's shooting about 47% from three. Um, I think like 52% overall. And the Cavs, as of now, are eight and seven, which would put them in the playoffs. So it's a good start. Obviously, the Cavs, you know, they're a very young team. They obviously have, you know, a lot of different issues um but for now it's it's fun to watch kind of the growth at least compared to last year because i think already the Cavs have shown some growth compared to what they were last year which is good that's what you want to see if you're a Cavs fan so a lot to look forward to because if you have colin sexton on your team i mean that's just like even like for the culture i think that's a really good thing so that's a, i think that's something that should be highlighted and then jalen brown for the celtics uh, Celtics are eight and six. It's like an all right start, but Jalen Brown has really been uh, very good. He's also been another efficient player who's had a big uh, increase in his scoring. I think he's averaging about twenty six points per game. There's been a few games they've had without Tatum. Um, I think like this most recent one against the Magic. I think that was I don't know if that was last night or a couple nights ago, but Jalen Brown had or it looks like they only had twenty one points in that game. But Jalen Brown has just been very good, so I wanted to point him out. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that's about it. Um, Aaron, did did you have any thoughts on Colin Sexton in particular? Because I know, you, obviously, you're a Cavs fan. Yeah, so <clears throat> obviously now that the, the Browns are uh, not playing anymore, uh, I, I've gotten to watch some more Cavs basketball. And honestly, I'm really impressed and... I'm gonna make a I'm gonna make a hot take right now. I think the Cavs are gonna oh, no. make the playoffs <laughs> as an eight seed. Oh no! Now, oh, no. I do have some I do have some numbers to back it up. They I don't know if you guys knew this, but they're second in def- defensive efficiency right now in the NBA. So I just think I just think the way that they've been playing, they play hard every game. Any team is gettable if they're not paying if they're if they you know take the Cavs for granted. And I don't know I just think. They're they're just playing really well right now. I mean, uh, they have a they have a solid coach under them in Bickerstaff, and just their defense is just you know really good. I mean, I've seen them play some zone, which obviously confuses teams because they don't see it all the time. But uh, that's that's my hot take. I think they'll be an eight seed. All right. Well, you you heard it here first. Aaron has some interesting things to say about the Cavs. Um, but let's move on here, Trevor. 
talk a little bit about the Heat quickly before we yeah. get into the NFL. What's going on with the Heat? We can make it. We can make it super quick because we're on time. It's it's getting high. Um, the Heat have not started out very well. <laughs> uh, part of it's because Jimmy Butler's only played like six games. But nevertheless, you you just simply have to find a way to win some of these games. Um, you know, some of the teams they've lost to are not. They're not supposed to be teams that the Heat should be losing to. Um, last night it was it was the Nets who were you know obviously offensively very good team, so it's not a horrible loss. But some of these other ones they lost to the Magic. Um, I think to start off the season, and then they had like a bad game against the Pistons recently. They lost to the Raptors by twenty uh, recently. So just some of these games, it's it's not what you would want. You you want the Heat to be doing better coming off of the finals appearance, but it's early. So we'll see. Bam Adebayo has been very good. He's been, you know, kind of uh, a shining light in all this because he's been fantastic. But I want to see more, a little bit more from Dragic like we saw in the playoffs last year. I know he's getting older, but I want to see a little bit more from him. Um, Kendrick Nunn's been pretty good. I think Tyler Hero, um, he, yeah, like everyone's been hyping up Tyler Hero. I think he's going to be a good player, but I, I think we just need to wait about the hype. Like, let's not try to make Tyler Hero the superstar. He's only second year in this league. Let's just have him be a solid, like, you know, a solid role player on this Heat team. You know, he's not a superstar right now. Let's So let's right. pump the brakes a little bit on that. But, you know, it's, it is early, but definitely got to improve some things. So let's, let's move on over to the NFL because I know we're going to be talking about the Browns a little bit here. Um, but before, you know, we fully get into the Browns, uh, let's talk a little about the, the Chiefs-Browns game. So, Aaron, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw this to you. I want you to talk to me about the what were your ending thoughts on just the, the game, the Chiefs-Browns game. So, my, my, my general thoughts were Baker, in my opinion, played well enough for us to win. I don't, I don't think he lost us the game. Um, obviously, the, the Higgins fumble in the end zone was very unfortunate. Um but I think just my main takeaways would be that you know we have a we have a we finally have a head coach that I can that we don't have to you know hire one for next year and we can trust going into next year. Um, it seems like we have a quarterback at the moment. Um, obviously, I want to Baker play well this year. I just want to see it continue. Um, but I think my biggest concern is our defense. I think we need major help on our defense, um, especially after seeing Chad Henney run 15 yards on third and 15. <laughs> to to essentially ice the game, um, and then go going forward on fourth down. I think that's that's those are my biggest concerns. Yeah. So here's what I think we we want to talk about going into next season. You know, where do you see this Browns team? Because we've obviously been very critical of Baker, and I know I've been critical of the Browns, and I've said like on record on this podcast that the Browns are definitely a good team without a doubt. I don't think anyone's debating that. But where do you see, you know, the where do you see like Baker going forward? Do you see him getting an extension? And you know, if so, where does that leave the Browns after that? So I think I, I've heard both arguments like on both sides. I actually don't know if the Browns will give him one this offseason, um, mainly because we have other guys to pay, and I think you obviously pick up his fifth year option. But I think you could possibly wait till next year. And if you then know that he's, you know, all right, he's definitely playing well. We can pay him now. We can pay him long term and trust it. Um, I think that would be. I think that could be an option. I think right now it might be a little too early to say, all right, let's fully give him an extension. Um, but you know, we'll see. I think the Browns are definitely going to be in contention for, to, for the AFC North next year with the Ravens. Um, 
definitely trying to make the playoffs again. So, I mean, you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah, 100%. So, Ben, I want to go over to you. What would be the reasons that you don't extend Baker Mayfield, you personally? Oh, geez. Um, here's the thing. <laughs> okay, so we've seen we've seen. Three He's like, there's seasons. so many. There's just well, so many, no, I don't even I know wouldn't. what to say. And here's the thing. All right, so we've seen three seasons from Baker Mayfield. His first season, yeah. he was good, right? He, he looked good. Um, he, he set these rookie records. He looked like a good player. And then last, he comes in his second season, not impressed. There's a lot of issues. You don't really know, is this the Baker we're going to get? And this year, he looked awesome. Well, I shouldn't say awesome. I, I will go on record, and I always like to – I consider him a game manager, right? I consider him – he plays well enough to where he doesn't have to – he's not losing the game for his team. And he did that this year. And I do, I do think he's a good quarterback. After his first year, I said he, I don't like him, but I think he's pretty good. Then he had a bad year. This year, I still don't like him, but I do think he's a good quarterback. Clearly, Browns fans are happy with him. So as a Browns fan, I would want an extension, right? And I think Aaron Aaron obviously probably wants Baker Mayfield to be to be his contract to be extended because this is the best quarterback they've had in a long time. This is the most stability by far they've had in the quarterback position in a long time. That being said, there it's just if if he doesn't have all these weapons around him, how good is he really? Is he able to lead an offense and a franchise? into success not just this year but in the coming years i don't know if baker mayfield can, can do that and mainly because i just don't think we've seen a big enough sample size for him um and obviously like i'm not a gm so i don't have to make these decisions and these are not easy decisions but i just don't know how confident i am in baker mayfield's ability to sustain a season like he had this year for the next five six seven years which is what the browns want as a franchise right you want somebody that can sustain this can consistently get you back to the playoffs and i just don't know if we've seen enough from baker mayfield to be able to prove that, especially if he doesn't have two all-pro running backs like he did this year in an amazing offense line and some really good weapons at receiver. Um, so I, I don't know. I just Obviously, it, it's not an easy decision. I, I think as a Browns fan, I would love for it to see him extended because I think obviously this is the best team they've had in a really, really, really long time. He won 12 games. That's hard to do. But I, I do think there are some questions, and I think they're valid questions that you have to ask yourself before you're going to give Baker Mayfield a bunch of money, which I'm sure a lot of people think he deserves. Um, so, again, there's questions. It's it's a tough decision. I'm glad I don't have to make it. Um, ultimately, I think he will get an extension because, again, the Browns have been so desperate for a franchise quarterback, and this is the closest thing they've had to that in a very long time, and Browns fans don't have to don't have to hear me say that to know that. So um, it's a tough decision. I'm glad I'm not making it. Um, but, again, I don't like Baker Mayfield, but I, I think I give him more credit than maybe Brandon does. So I don't know, Brandon. Do you, I mean, I'm sure you have plenty of reasons why. <laughs> Baker Mayfield should not be extended, but I, I do think there are some extremely valid points as to why you should give him a decent amount of money. To me, there's really only one reason, and I think it's that the team did well. Based on his play, statistically, I would not consider him deserving of a, a contract. He's 18th in yards this past season, tied for 12th in touchdowns, 10th for interceptions, he's 13th in interception to touchdown ratio. His QBR, which is what people would say his best stat is, he's 10th. Among starters that ranks all of those rank him pretty much below average or average. So I think if you just look at the stats, that tells one thing. But, you know, one thing like Aaron's told me a lot is, you know, there's there's also the eye test. And I think, especially this year, you look, he did not make a whole lot of mistakes. There was not a lot of interceptions. He didn't fumble the ball a ton. The most concerning thing to me, though, is if you look at his three years of play, people say, oh, his first year was really good as a rookie. Um... You know, he threw 27 touchdowns, 14 interceptions, so obviously a lot of interceptions. Um, but he did really well in 14 games. If you look at his stats this year versus that year, the only improvement made was less interceptions. He has very similar yards in more games. He uh, averages 
uh, less yards per throw. He had one less touchdown. Um, his quarterback rating was marginally ahead. So I think if you compare it to his first season, let's say his second season is an outlier. He didn't improve a ton from that first season. The one thing he did improve on is the interceptions. And you could, I think, credit that to two things. Number one, him getting marginally better. And number two, him having a better offensive line, better weapons, and a better coach. Now, how much you would put on both of those, I would put more on the second one. And that's why, for that reason, I just I couldn't give him $35, $40 million. He doesn't deserve it statistically. He has shown no signs that he can lead a team to a Super Bowl and win it off his play alone. He's shown that the team around him can do really well, and he can play well enough to get them to a far spot. But I I wouldn't extend him this year, and it seems like they are going to, and I think that could potentially hurt them in the future, and you know he's going to end up more like a Goff or a Garoppolo. So Aaron, I'll give you a little bit of time to respond because we're super long on time here. Respond to what I said and what Ben said, and then we'll move on with other NFL stuff. Yeah, I'll make this quick. Is there any way we can omit what you just said? Because <laughs> probably not. Because <laughs> some of the, like some of those numbers, like you're given like good numbers, like, <laughs> and you're saying that they're bad. But anyways, uh, at some point, I think he will get an extension. Keep in mind, he has had three different like what five offensive coordinators in three years um so that's definitely a reason why he wouldn't be as consistent so i think the biggest sign to tell for baker is going into next year how well he plays because if he plays if he plays at least you know as he did this year next year and you know improves you know more um i think that'll be a big sign so i think that's really what i'm looking for see if he can improve again next year because then it'll say all right now you have somebody who who's improving you also have a head coach who who has been here with him for for at least a year um so i think that's the biggest thing to look at i i can actually agree with that i think right now i would consider his play very average it's statistically average he has not done anything fabulous he hasn't done anything bad though Omit at that, all please <laughs> I, I just don't think like if you just look at him by himself he nothing he's done is like super super amazing he doesn't have this incredibly large amount of touchdowns he doesn't have the fewest interceptions he doesn't outgain people his completion percentage is low I just think like as a whole it's collectively average and he's ranked relatively average so I think you make a good point if next year he can even improve just a little bit and do a little bit better get his completion percentage up one to two percent throw for more yards on maybe less attempts, get another touchdown or two, and you know go down an interception or two. If you show real improvement, I, I would then be much more on board with giving him that extension because then you have this upward trend of him moving you know, more and more. The tough thing is that I don't see that happening. He has not improved a whole hell of a ton from his first year. His completion percentage was lower. He had fewer yards and more games um, and one less touchdown. He did improve on his interceptions he made less mistakes which is really really good and that is good improvement but it's not this like whole you know super big improvement that you would want to see extending someone for 40 plus million dollars so that's just my personal opinion on it i i do agree with you there aaron if he can improve next year even just marginally i would i would be much more open as a gm to giving him that extension um aaron i'll I'll let you get the final thought if you want to say one more thing and then we'll move on yeah, I mean, I'll just go back to the head coaches. Like we've had like five offensive coordinators and three head coaches. We yeah. haven't done him. We haven't done him a, a. We haven't given him a chance to be successful, other than the players on the field, but the coaches on the sideline. 
Um, so yeah. I, I think that's the biggest sign for me. So and his maturity, he's definitely matured this year. He, he finally shut up yeah. and stopped talking. When yeah, he, he was be. in less progressive commercials, so that helped him out. So uh, let's let's go in, uh, Trevor. I'm going to briefly let you talk about the Bucks and Saints because we're, we're running very extra on time, and then we'll predict the games coming up uh, today. So Trevor, quick thoughts on the Bucks Saints. Obviously, it's tough beating a team three times. So what do you think about your Bucks? Yeah, so with this game, um, I didn't expect the Saints to look that bad. I obviously did not expect Breeze to throw, you know, <laughs> you know, some inter- some bad interceptions. I did not expect that, but it happened, um, and, and it helped the Bucks. So I'm I'm glad to see that. I don't really think that the Bucks played all that well, honestly. Um, I I was frustrated with the play calling once again, similar to the Washington game. It kind of got away from what we saw the last few weeks of the regular season. Some of those games against Atlanta, when the offense was really clicking well, uh, put up 44 in one of those games against the Falcons, uh, completely destroyed the Detroit Lions. And I know they're not good, but the play calling seemed to be much different then. You know, not 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 running on first down every single play with Leonard mm-hmm. Fournette. We're not, you know, like like in the Saints game for example last week. Um, I couldn't tell you how many times that. I was like, okay, first down, first play of the drive, they're going to run it with Leonard Fournette right in the middle, and that's what they did. And it's like, okay, a lot of those plays, it's like, all right, three-yard gain, four-yard gain, six-yard gain, two-yard gain. It, it just becomes so predictable, and it's like, obviously, the defense knows it's first down, you're just going to hand the ball off to Leonard Fournette. Um, and everyone's hyping up, oh, playoff Lenny. It's like, okay, that needs to stop. Like, Leonard Fournette is, he's like an average running back. He's not really that good. Um, yeah. So that's a little frustrating. There was one play I remember. It was a third and one, and the Bucks took a shot downfield. Like, if it's third and one, just run the ball. Like, it's that simple. Or maybe even quarterback sneak. Don't, th- don't throw a deep ball on third down and one. So the play calling needs to improve in this game against the Packers if we want, to, if we want to sh- any shot at winning the game because this Packers team has gotten hot at the right time. They're not messing around. Rodgers is in MVP mode. He's not Drew Brees. He's not certainly not Heineke. You know, this is one of the best quarterbacks of all time right now, playing at arguably his peak, maybe. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is playing very well right now. So mm-hmm. y- you can't you can't mess around. And then on the defensive end, uh, I love that Devin White's back. Devin White, I, I just love him overall. He was fantastic He's last really week. Good. you got to give him a lot of credit, some of those interceptions, um, just the presence he has with that defense. He's incredible. Now, the secondary overall – is something I'm still kind of worried about. I think that Rodgers may be able to just pick them apart. I mean, if we if we look up in this game and we don't see the Bucks getting a lot of pressure on Aaron Rodgers, then they might just put up 40 points today against the Bucks. Like it might happen. And obviously, when people are listening, they're probably listening after the game. Hopefully, the Bucks can get pressure on him because if they don't, if they don't even hit him, knock him down like they did in that first game. You know, Rodgers is going to have one of those, you know, three, four touchdown games where he completes, you know, 30 to 35 passes and they win, you know, 42 to 24 or something that could happen. Um, So the play callings has to be better, more motion, more play action, more throwing on first down, less, less running on first down. I want to see more of that. You know, Tom Brady's the quarterback you wanted this. He is here for a reason. Give him the ball more. Let him prove that he can still, even at age 43, take a team to the Super Bowl. That's what I want to see. I want the ball in Tom Brady's hands um, in the biggest moments. Um, And we'll see. I think it's going to be a really good game uh, today. So with that, Trevor, I'm going to go around to all of us. Both games say who's going to win and how much by how much. What do you think? You want to start with me? 
Well, yeah, you're okay. talking. Gotcha. Go ahead, big dog. All right, so uh, I mean the Packers Bucks game. I'm I'm not gonna predict it. Like, uh, yeah, I'm just not. I'm superstitious, guys. Oh, that's lame. I'm superstitious. I'm not going to. Okay. Um, yeah, a little stitious. I I okay. So, but Chiefs Bills. Okay, so Chiefs Bills. Everything that we're getting is like, oh, Mahomes is good. He says that the the toe or the foot's feeling fine. Like it's all good, whatever. Um, and he's you know he's healthy. I. <sighs> I don't know. I, it, obviously, we don't know if that's true or not. We're going to find out today. So I'm just going to guess that Mahomes is going to have an awesome game because we've never seen him. Like, we've really never seen him not play well. Like, he, he's just consistently out of the gate since he started playing. Um, he's been pretty awesome. So I expect him to have a pretty awesome game. I expect the Chiefs offense to be very high-powered like it normally is, play very well. And... If that happens, I can't pick against the Chiefs. So I'm going to pick the Chiefs today. Yes, the Bills have been really good all year. They've been hot. It's a fun story, uh, you know, with their playoff history. But I got to go with the Chiefs. If I'm going to give a score prediction, I think this one will be relatively high scoring. I would say, you know, we can go like 34 to 24 Chiefs. Okay. Um. So I actually, I think the Chiefs are going to win by 10, just like you said. And I will take the Packers by four. Uh, I think both will be really, really great games. Aaron, I'm going to leave you for last here. Uh, so Ben, what are you, what's your score predictions? Um, so yeah, I, it's hard to it's hard to, to to you know bet against Tom Brady, but I I, I did it last week and I was wrong. I'm, I'm going to do it again. I I think the Packers will win. I'll say they win by touchdown. I think they win by seven points. Um, and like usually I just pick the best team. I pick the Packers are the better team. I think they'll win. And the Chiefs are clearly the better team against the Bills. But I actually I'm gonna take the Bills in this game. Just for whatever reason, I have a feeling the Bills are gonna somehow pull it out. I think the Bills will win by let's say four points. I think it'll be a close Look at game. You, ben. I, You're I think normally Bills, really boring. You're I am really usually boring. pretty yeah. boring. I I usually just because theoretically I, I always assume that the better team will play better, but that doesn't always work. That's true. It doesn't always that's not always always the outcome. So I do think the Bills will win this game. I think they'll they'll go into Arrowhead. I think they'll win by four that's points. That's a good sign for Bills okay. fans okay. right there. Ben picks the Bills. Yeah. Brandon and I pick <laughs> hey, the Chiefs. Bills fans B- Bills fans are crazy. They they they, they deserve this. I, they I love are. this. And the they Bills have great the fans. Bowl. I do. The have Bills awesome have fans. some of the best. In fact, yeah. I, I would argue they have the best fans in football. The Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Fans. Aaron, fans. on on your episode here, your your special guest episode, uh, what are your final predictions? You're gonna have the final word in here. All right. So games. I think I'm gonna take the Packers by four. Okay, I like that. Um. They played. They played the Bucks earlier in the season. They got blown out. I think Rodgers is in essentially God mode at this point. And yeah, he's, he's, he's in God mode. I don't. I don't. I really don't. He has all see the Infinity losing. Stones. Yeah, I really don't see him losing. Um, and this Chiefs and Bills game, man, this is tough. I really want to see a Chiefs uh, Packers Super Bowl, but I'm questioning Mahomes' health. Um, I think I saw a report that he might have to get surgery on his toe from turf toe. Um, and I think last week when I was watching the Browns game, he was missing some throws after he hurt his foot. So, man, I think I'm going to regret this. I'm going to take the Bills by one point. One point. One point. All right. Well, those are all good predictions. Uh, Aaron, thank you so, so much for coming and being a guest on the podcast. We all really appreciate it from all of us here, the small ballers. Um, anything you want to shout out? You want to you wanna Anything you want to say? Uh, yeah, I mean, thank you for having me again. Uh, this was a uh, you know fun to do, um, but uh, no, I don't have many shout outs. Go Brown, go Cavs, Browns, 
Indians. Ugh. Hopefully they can play okay. well. Yeah. The only time you're going to hear that on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to hear much more baseball besides that. Um, but thank you all so much for listening today. We really, really appreciate it. Uh, of course, subscribe to the podcast. Leave that five-star review if you enjoyed it. Uh, in the description is our Twitter link. It's at the small baller. Go follow us there so you know when all of our podcasts go live. Of course, we'll have another five seconds of fame bachelor recap coming on Thursday. And Josh and Will will be having the uh, the 12th row podcast come out also on Thursday to talk about the last week in soccer. But with that being said, thank you all so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Go Falcons.